0: As we conclude a series which we have been doing for the last couple months called God is Here, as we think about the presence of God in our lives, I wanted to conclude by talking about the Holy Spirit and and presence of God that we experience in a very real way uh, through baptism. And baptism is something that uh, we deeply believe in as as a church, I think it's a foundational thing for us that we believe that it is what we do when we feel called and when God has um, helped to invite us into this story to recognize uh, what it is that God is doing In us. And in Acts chapter 2, Peter preaches the first Christian sermon in human history, and everybody is standing around thinking, what are we supposed to do with that? And Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And as somebody who grew up in the Church of Christ denomination, I think we're really, really good at understanding that part. And that's what we often talk about, that it's about forgiveness of sins, and that is so important and crucial. But the battle is not won just with that, because Peter continues, and you'll receive and, you'll, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's not just about forgiveness of sins. It is about the way that God's presence encounters you in a mysterious way, moving forward forever. And we traditionally, and I traditionally am not too good on understanding the Holy Spirit and what that means for us. But as people who are called to follow Christ with our lives, I think we have to contemplate and think about that. So really, you could just watch like the first 30 seconds of this sermon. I'll talk a little bit more later. But the questions that I would have for all of you is, number one, if you haven't been baptized yet, is God calling you to do that? And if you are interested in connecting with me and talking about baptism, I got a chance to meet with a girl yesterday, on Friday, uh, who had found our church through a live stream. And she just wanted to ask some questions uh, about our church and get to know a little bit about us. And it was just awesome to uh, connect with her and uh, spend some time talking with her a little bit about Jesus. That's what I love about my job. If you have any questions for me, email me, Brian with a Y. It's the weird way at glendale.church. I'd love to connect with you and talk about baptism. So for those of you who haven't baptized, you need to get baptized. And then for those of us who have, you can't just ignore the rest of this sermon. You're not off the hook. Because if you are baptized, then my challenge for you would be, is God's spirit and presence leading you? Because it isn't just this moment that happened a long time ago when you were at church camp. It's something that you are still called to live out every single day. And that's a challenge to live into the calling that God's spirit has for your life. For example, in Matthew chapter 19, Peter brings up this question with Jesus. He says, "Well, how often or how many times should we forgive somebody? Should we forgive them 7 times?" And Peter actually there is giving. I mean, that's a lot. Have you ever like forgiven someone 7 times? That's a whole lot. Perhaps you never have. Perhaps you haven't had to forgive someone of the same thing seven times. Most of us probably don't like forgive that many times in a relationship over the same thing. But he says seven times. And Peter in that moment is being that person in class that you don't really like very much. Who's like asking the questions and like trying to be all in the front row. Apparently they have a term for them in law school. My friend said in law school, they're called gunners. And that's the person who's just always asking the question when the teacher's ready to end class. It's like, go talk to the teacher privately. You don't need to like ask this personal uh, question. And if you don't know of that person, perhaps you are that person. So you better uh, check yourself next time you're, you're in a class. And so Peter is being the gunner. He's asking that question and saying, hey, hey should I forgive seven times? Because seven times is a lot. And so Peter's thinking, yeah, let me just uh, throw this out there. How many times should I forgive somebody? And Jesus says, nice job, Peter, but you can't just do that. It's 70 times seven. And really what Jesus is saying there is the answer is infinity. It's not just, okay, let me just check this off until I get to 470 forgivenesses. No, it's not that. Jesus is saying, no, 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 this is the way that you constantly need to live. So just as this, this one aspect of your life that perhaps you need to think about where God might be calling you, and what God's spirit and presence might be leading you. And is there somebody who you're in relationship with that you need to forgive again? And to say, all right, I'm going to look at this person once again as Jesus looks at me. So if you've been baptized, you're not off the hook, we are called to remember our baptism every single day and moment of our lives. Baptism is such an important thing, and we learn about it through the life and ministry of Jesus. So in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, it tells us this, that Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. And as I think about this passage and the stories of Jesus' baptism, I think about how really if there's somebody who didn't need to get baptized, it was Jesus. Like, why would he do this? Why would he participate in this? Why is it important that Jesus gets baptized? And that's a question that is theologically deep. But one answer that I would give to it is that Jesus wanted to be part of this resurrection story. He wanted to participate in this story of God just like everyone else would. And we often don't think about the locations very easily. When we read locations or long lists of names in the Bible, it doesn't really mean all that much to us. But here is a map of of the ancient world. It's a little bit small for you, but if you have really good eyes, you can probably see that Galilee is up towards the top of this map and the Jordan River is toward the middle of this map. So it would have been a 60-mile walk for Jesus to get baptized. So think about that. And as I consider that, not only like why did he get baptized, but this is a long time for him to do this. To take this walk would have taken uh, two or three days to get there, it depends on how fast you are going. And I look at Jesus and think, couldn't you have been doing some like different ministry, you know, healing some people, preaching some important sermons? But he intentionally stops that and says, All right, this is something that's important." And Jesus walks sixty miles to get baptized. And what? would you walk 60 miles to do? Perhaps if there wasn't an in and out close to you. I know for me, Portos, I would walk 60 miles for Portos if, if I had to. Uh, of course, my wife and kids and many other friends and family, if you're watching today, yes, I would walk 60 miles for you. Um, don't worry. Um, but yes, we, there are people that we would walk 60 miles for, perhaps some food if it was really good. There are some things that we would do, but it, it, it would be things that we would prioritize and think of as really important. A place that's right at 60 miles away from us is Ventura. So just process that for a minute. Walk 60 miles to Ventura. Uh, I looked it up on Google maps and it's a 23 hour walk. So it would take you at least a couple days. This is what Jesus does to start off his ministry as he is going to participate in the story and life of God. He walks 60 miles to get baptized. It's something that Jesus thought of as as very important. It was worth going a long way. To do it. And as you think about perhaps that you're called to do that with your life, I would encourage you to really ask that question. And it's something that I believe God calls you to do not something that you should be uh, coerced into there was a, a youth camp one time that I was at and the person who was leading it thought that somebody in the room needed to get baptized he just felt like god's spirit and presence was uh, leading that to happen and so he said all right we're just going to sing the song light the fire until someone comes up and gets baptized that's a good song you know light the fire in my soul it was like one of the, the go-tos that we would sing as, as kids um, so perhaps you're not familiar with with it. And we just kept singing light the fire. I think we were about 55 times in when finally someone came from the back. I think it was his third time getting baptized and he just wanted the night to end. So uh, he came forward. And so that is not a good picture of, of baptism. You shouldn't be coerced into it. You shouldn't be forced like, okay, we got to get somebody baptized in here so we can like report that back to the church. That is not a good picture. But is God calling you to get baptized? And as you think about that question, there's probably something that comes to mind if you haven't been baptized before you're like, "Oh, but but like I need to do this. I need to figure this out." It's interesting to see that even in Jesus's baptism, so Matthew chapter 3 verse 14, John the Baptist feeling very much like I would or you would as Jesus comes to get baptized, says, "Hold up, hold up, hold up." "I I need to be baptized by you." Like, "You are not going to get baptized by me. That's not what I want to do." But Jesus ends up saying, no, I, we need to make this happen. And for all of us, I think as we were considering getting baptized or as you consider perhaps getting baptized, there's something that would deter you from doing it. Either the way that you've thought about it before or something in your past, or you want to like know the Bible better or you want to have a, a better relationship or figure this thing out before you get baptized, but the biblical model is that we think about those things and like pray about that. But when you feel called to do it, it's time. And it's time to say, this is a way for me to experience the very mysterious presence of God and to receive this gift of God's presence and forgiveness of sins. One of my favorite baptism stories is in Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 34. There's a eunuch who is reading the scriptures, and he doesn't understand what's going on. And, and Philip just appears to him out of nowhere. I wish that uh, we had those skills today as ministers. I wish our Philip could just appear somewhere. That'd be pretty awesome without without <laughs> any sort of transportation. I wish I could do that as well. But Philip just shows up on the road, and this eunuch is is reading about this, and uh, he asks a question. He says, "Tell me, please, who is this prophet talking about himself or someone else?" And, and Philip begins by uh, understanding and helping him understand the scriptures. And he tells him the good news about Jesus. And as they travel around the road, the eunuch sees water. And he says, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And Philip baptizes him. Now, as a minister, I have to be honest sometimes that can feel a little bit swift and a little bit uncomfortable. He's reading an Old Testament passage, and yes, Philip explains to him about the good news of Jesus, but we don't know how long this took. This wasn't like, you know, months of seminary to figure out, like, here is God in the world, and let me explain to you everything that you'll ever need to know about God and Jesus. It's it's like a a roadside conversation as they are going. The other thing that's interesting and a little bit shocking, if you have a bit of understanding of the Old Testament about this passage, is he is a eunuch. And if you don't know what a eunuch is, ask your parents. And um, actually in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 3, it tells us that a eunuch is not allowed to come into the assembly of God. So a good answer to that question, what should prevent me from getting baptized, here's water, is you're a eunuch sorry, you aren't allowed in the kingdom of God. This is a pretty complex story and a complex person specifically who in Jewish teaching and tradition, it isn't necessarily just an easy transition to say, yeah, here we go. Let's do this. So specifically, as you think about him being a eunuch and also that he is just barely gaining an understanding of Jesus and and the good news of this. And he's heading off to Ethiopia and Philip, after the baptism happens, he disappears to go do something else. It's a really wild story there in Acts chapter eight. So he's going back to Ethiopia to not be part of a church and try to figure that out as he figures out what this baptism just means. And so as a minister, I can say, wow, I have a lot more questions than answers about this guy. But the biblical model is that when someone feels called by God to do this, Philip baptizes him. Here's water. Why shouldn't I get baptized? We are called to be people who have a deep understanding of God's grace in the world. And part of that is mysterious. Part of it goes beyond our control or understanding. Think about how the scriptures open up. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it tells us that the spirit of God is hovering over the waters. The very presence of God is hovering in this moment. And then in the book of Exodus, you have the story of the people of Israel being slaves in Egypt, and it's a terrible and just horrifying experience. And as they finally are released after the plagues and all that happens, God invites them to cross the Red Sea, and the walls of water all around them, they walk God delivered the people through the water. I believe God still delivers people through the water. In Jesus's ministry, he calms the storm. He walks on the water. There's a consistent theme about God's presence and power being displayed through water. And in fact, in the Old Testament mindset and even in the New Testament there's an understanding of the water being the abyss because it's, it's unpredictable. You aren't sure what's going to happen. Like what's gonna happen is this storm comes up and that's why as the storms happen in the New Testament and the gospels, as the fishermen are scared, it's always funny because the fishermen are scared and the carpenter comes to help. But Jesus calms this storm and continues to show us that there's something happening between God and, and the water, God has this great power. But There's a mystery behind it as well. And as Jesus is leaving the world in the gospel of Matthew, perhaps the most specific instructions that Jesus gives to churches forever. He says this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I'm with you to the very end, the age. Jesus, as he gives these instructions, and again, Peter in Acts chapter two continues on these instructions and says, as people are saying, what are we supposed to do with that? Peter says, be baptized for the forgiveness of sins and also so you can experience the presence of God in a mysterious and powerful way. When we are baptized and we continue in this way, we do what God has called us to do and we participate in the life of God now, and I think it helps us as we then participate in a bigger story. There was a man uh, named Benjamin Kyle, although they didn't know his full name. Several years ago, he was found unconscious outside of a, a Burger King near the dumpster, and they called him Benjamin Kyle because he was found at a Burger King. He was the only American citizen listed as, as missing, despite his whereabouts being known, and for three years. They had no idea. He had no memory or recollection of what had happened. Eventually, through some genetic testing, he was able to reunite with some family. But there was a three-year period after he was found by this dumpster where he had no idea who he was or what his background was. To live with no memory and no part of a larger story is dangerous when we have moments in, lives, in our lives where we can like start completely all over or fresh, there are some very exhilarating parts about that and we can at times make like good efforts in those times, but oftentimes it's when we have no history or no story that can be a little bit dangerous for us. For example, think about going to college. College freshman year is a great blessing and opportunity, but it's also a time where a large number of people fail out or have trouble with drugs or alcohol. It's a time when all of a sudden you go into this position where you can write your own story. And perhaps you're at a college where nobody knows anything about you or anything about your past. And your freshman year can be a time where you can completely write a new story and a new identity for yourself. And at times that can be helpful. But I think it is most helpful when we start out in that way, with a bigger story in mind of who it is that we want to be, of who it is that we are called to be. In these moments, when we're living our lives, or we have a chance to rewrite our stories, we need to remember that there's a larger story that we are involved with. There's a larger story that we can participate in. And that is a reason why I believe that Jesus gets baptized why Jesus calls us to do the same, why Peter says it, why Philip has that interaction with a eunuch who all of a sudden just is trying to understand this and Philip basically says, yeah, let's let's baptize you, even though in my mind, I'm like, man, that story needs a lot of help. He needs some other things figured out. So if you haven't been baptized before, is it time to get in the water? Is it time to be part of this larger story? If you have been baptized before, may this be a reminder for you that you are living in a bigger story, something that is much larger than you. And as you contemplate what it is to be led by God's spirit and presence in your life, as you think about some relationships, as you think about what's going on in your world, perhaps you need to see somebody through the eyes of Jesus because God's spirit and presence has asked you to. So for all of us, can we think about our baptism that happened before or perhaps you need to get baptized because we all want to be part. And I think we yearn to be part of a bigger story and God's spirit is still moving in the water. Just around a year ago at this time, there was uh, a woman who was coming to our church named Stephanie. Here's a picture of her as she got baptized. Uh, I think it was around the end of November last year. I think she has the date better than me. And I love this picture because it's a picture of, of Daniel giving her a big hug, and I think that's such a great representation of our church because we really know each other. The the teens know the older people. I can kind of hang with some of the young people sometimes, so I'm a little bit cool. No, I'm not, but uh, we, we have a great church family. I just love this picture, and I have pictures of, of recent baptisms on my church desktop to try and remind me every single day that this is what we are working towards. We want to be a place where people can come and experience God's presence and understand that God is calling us to enter into this larger story. And as I thought about baptism and, and sharing on that, I thought there's nobody better than our friend Stephanie, who got baptized just over a year ago, to share about her own experience of her baptism and what it meant to her and what it still means. So Stephanie, come on forward and then she'll say a prayer before we sing a song together.
1: Good morning, everyone. My name's Stephanie, if we haven't had a chance to meet yet. And I was baptized about a year ago. Actually, it was exactly a year ago on the 22nd of this month. I was baptized in this church. And that was such an exciting day for me because I was able to celebrate with everyone and declare that God has opened my heart to accept his gift of salvation through his son Jesus Christ I will always be amazed and so grateful for the way God patiently guided me because this was something I wasn't able to do on my own I really needed God's grace to be honest most of my life up until then I thought maybe there are many ways to God or I really wasn't sure about Jesus. I didn't know it at the time, but I had a lot of people praying for me and something had drawn me to start reading. Before long, my heart was softened and I knew without a doubt that what I was reading in the Bible was God's truth and I wanted to dedicate my life to him. I'm sure this change in my heart was led by Holy Spirit and God answering many prayers. The day I was baptized was like my public adoption ceremony into the greatest family in heaven and on earth, God's family. So if you or someone you know isn't quite sure about Jesus, I encourage you to pray for them. Ask God to open their heart because God is patient. He's listening and he is answering prayer. The Bible tells us if we seek him with all our heart and soul, we will find him. And this is something I will always be grateful for. So will you pray with me at this time? Dear God, Heavenly Father, thank you for your patience and loving kindness. Please open the hearts of those who don't yet know you and your Son and let them know your truth. Please send Holy Spirit to lead them in their search for you. If there is anyone listening who you are calling to be baptized, strengthen them to follow your will in their life. We thank you for the gift of salvation you offer through your son, Jesus Christ. We pray for all these things and more through your dear son. Amen.